0: It's a podcast for thinking people, or funny people. Johnny, it's a podcast for everyone. Welcome to talk about that.
1: The only two kinds of people that there are.
0: (laughs) Well, I thought if I kept naming, would get it would get lengthy.
1: Yeah, it's yeah yeah, everybody. (laughs) Well, because I mean, everybody likes to think of themselves as thinking people and funny. funny, That's why. Yeah, I got everybody. Hardly anyone would say like I'm not.
0: I'm not very thoughtful.
1: I'm not. (laughs) You know what I hate the most? Thinking (laughs) makes my head hurt.
0: I often wonder if I'm actually not a thoughtful person, like compared to real thoughtful people.
1: That's true. You know, I think we think we're thoughtful because we're, uh, uh, stressed and we overanalyze. Yeah. Like we think that's the same thing. Yeah. Like, uh, Mar- my buddy Marty calls it overcoaching. There's a 10, there's a real danger of overcoaching this Johnny. <laughs> like when I'm just like, cause I was, sometimes I'll be getting ready for a performance uh, like when I did uh, Huckabee or when I did this thing for the Opry Network, and it was like, "What should I do? Should I do that? Because you have seven minutes. Well, should I do this? Should I do this?" Marty's like, "Johnny, you know what to do. Right? Just do the seven. Do minutes. the. You know the seven minutes to do. You have a great number of jokes that you mm-hmm. could do, but you know what you should do. If you, it's going to represent you to this new <laughs> pocket of people. Go do that. Go so do I mean, the things you've been doing the longest." They get the best reaction, and I'm like, you know, you're right.
0: It's analysis paralysis, over, bro. It is paralysis. By analysis. Analysis. You know, I call it's, it's over engineering as well. Speaking of, did I tell you about the uh, toilet paper holder in Sadie's bathroom that we were having all this stuff done? And I told you about the counter that didn't fit. Yeah, and, and the nightmare that was. Did I tell you about? I went to take out this like single. It was one of those single ones, not a double.
1: Yeah. Meaning- Then like, you pull a hole in the wall by taking it off or something? I was like,
0: pulling on it. Yeah. I mean, light, and the next thing I know, yes, I pull out a, a hole. Maybe it's not
1: like, maybe you're that the, strong.
0: The size of my fist, like, and I could see daylight because we had the counter out the other side. I was like, <laughs> well, crap, here we go. And when I pulled it out. What's cool
1: is you can just stuff toilet paper in there. That's just <laughs> as good just hide as it. Just cover fill it with up the something. wall with
0: toilet paper. But they had put like three toggle bolts. Uh huh. That's why. Oh yeah, this one thing. So I didn't realize I was pulling on toggle bolts, which is who not just standard. To- like
1: who needs toggle bolts? Like how much are you pulling on the toilet paper? No
0: kidding. What did you guys think was going to happen?
1: Exactly. <laughs> you're just <laughs> yanking. I got some toilet paper
0: over no. here. Wow, it was very yeah yeah.
1: You're pulling it like you're starting a mower. <laughs> Sheesh.
0: Oh my goodness. Speaking of mowing, I got to. Yeah. Grass is high. It's that time of year, Johnny.
1: You got a lot more property than I do. Yeah. And of course, I I have somebody come do it. Well, you can't uh-huh. hide money, bro. You can't. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. they, it's fun. I just here's the deal. I could do it, um, but it's like you, then you got that pair of green shoes. Probably should do it, but go ahead. Probably should do it. I don't have any excuse not to do it anymore. So it's like, well, I'm always on the road. <laughs> no, I'm not always on the road anymore. But it's coming back. We're this actually this month is good, so I could make an excuse now. They're like, well, I can't be right. expected to. Sure, this I'm last year is one
0: thing, but what about I'm this gonna month? be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no you've not better again i look
1: i grew up the son of a
0: grass mower you know what you, i'm saying you
1: would you like doing it still though that would make me want to do it less if i grew up and it was my trade
0: like is a strong word yes i do like it when i'm doing it
1: do you think i
0: like it now because i have
1: a zero turn it's a okay well yeah so, they want you want the big some and, people have a zero turn in my neighborhood and they have like mm, a fourth of an acre right and you're like, all right, buddy. Right. Just it took to them buy longer it. to get it started and it yeah, didn't Yeah, you mow. just wanted yeah. to buy the toy. And that's fine, but I just, it's just funny to me. Because I mean, some of those things cost like, what, my first car? Yeah. Some of these things are like five, ten grand yeah. for a mower. No, I bought
0: it off my brother, Wes, at a, at a great price. What well, do my
1: first car? You like my fourth car? <laughs> my first car was like $400 out of the classifieds. <laughs> yeah, it's about right for my first car. Yeah.
0: Actually, I paid exactly the same amount for my lawnmower as I paid for my first car. Yeah. And it's a nice lawnmower. And that lets you know, but I mean... But, Same
1: fuel economy, probably, as the Sundance. Oh sun my dance. gosh, the Sundance was...
0: Uh, <laughs> I, th- I look back now at high school John, and I realize, and Laura will laugh at this when she hears, like, I realize, one, I'll see pictures of what I was wearing. Yeah. One. And
1: because I had no... Did you think you were cool, though? Yeah. Okay. Well... Or you thought you were cool enough to not get made fun of. Right. That's the thing when you're in high school, at least my, my high school experience was, just dress to not... Get made fun of?
0: Yeah, I look back now and go, I thought I was just normal. Yeah, like flying below the radar. And I'll see some things in pictures, and maybe I was, but there was probably a lot of the time that I wasn't.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: was like oh, shouldn't have done that. Like I, used, you know, back then the big low hanging cross necklaces and
1: oh no, I didn't have that. Yeah, like well, I mean, again, was it on a chain? No, or was it like, it on like on a on rope? Leather,
0: you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, like a it, leather, like a
1: little tiny leather thing. And I remember seeing some puka shells. Even when we were in the band together, I remember you had a puka shell. Did I
0: have a puka shell?
1: There was one of our photo shoots. I think you had a, a, some kind of beaded necklace. I'm trying to look up at the pictures. Uh, I don't was see it the, the other one. one. I don't see the one thing. It's the one we did that was at the old art studio where, uh, oh, Becky Finley either, right? did it for us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was the thing written on the wall above you with the guitar that was sprayed? Uh, better, better than T V. Better than T V, yeah. It was yeah. like it was like uh somebody's uh
1: we thought well this would be a cool like statement ooh, without saying it we'll have yeah. we'll use this in it. People this just probably in. just thought we printed it on there. Right. We were not better than TV. We were not at all better <laughs> than TV. Have you seen T V?
0: It's awesome. <laughs> We were not better than a TV that's turned off. No, like, it,
1: it was just just looking. We were at a not TV. better than other bands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's so funny, and and this I don't mean to nerd out on the music side if you're not a, a musical person, but. Um, the right headphones for me, and you, you still don 't do this when you play you, you like having a wedge monitor on the stage, yeah, and i 'm an in ear guy, yeah, now. I got used
1: to it, and for comedy, in ears would be a disaster because you need to feel the reaction of the well, so I use one ear,
0: yeah, because i need, I need as a worship leader too to hear people yeah. singing like that that 's good for me, yeah, although I do actually i use two ears now, we used to have a crowd mic
1: mm-hmm. that
0: 's the other way now, so yes, yeah, maybe a lot of trouble for you to walk in i 've been with you too many times there 's no way someone could have done what i just said well i'm
1: always afraid of somebody uh, manipulating it and then just blowing my eardrums out too like midstream like if some guy decides to turn their amp way up see that's why i have my own control on my app of... well wouldn't it be affected if somebody made a change to their end of it in
0: theory th- it's in not theory, supposed to someone okay now occasionally see dane always says now look i'm gonna, i'm changing things it doesn't mess with your mix at all but sometimes it does yeah. like if they change the gain that messes with your mix uh, and then sometimes they'll change it. I'll go, do my mix change. He's like, oh, sorry, I did that. Like, I thought you said that, you know, no, it's so, so they know it's like, yeah. you got to make, just not hit that button. Well, things
1: change in the wedge too. I do so many shows, even with comedy where you're like, things are good in the sound check. And then some sound guys will just turn everything off. Yeah. And then they just don't turn my monitor back on and I walk out and I have to make a big like stop the show right. and tell the guy or I just go on without it. And so I usually just go on without it. By the way, wedge
0: everybody is a monitor on the floor. Yeah, floor monitor right in front of you. So, but I will say this: the thing that would have set us apart back then, even, yeah. uh, is I mean, besides, the, I should have written much better songs. But I, talent, we yeah, more talent. talent is a problem. I realize no. now as we a had talent. Come on, you had talent. I realize as a songwriter that. <laughs> Again, we talked about this before. Once I got married and, and lost the angst of always okay. struggling with lust, you know, right. it was amazing how much all my songs were about what a horrible, wretched person that I was. Oh, right. And so they weren't really like God glorifying; they were me, you know, taking down a notch, kind of thing, or or they were fluffy, you know. And, and so, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't want either one of those. There's so like, much more uh, depth.
1: Oversimplification of things, right? Um, yeah, I can see that. It does. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, once you're, what's well, like the second. The second record, they call it the sophomore slump. Like if you have a big hit record, right. then you have your whatever has to follow that. It's never, you fall into the danger of it not being, you're like, oh, well, and then they just vaulted to the, now that they have all these people looking at them, now they vault. Sometimes it goes the other way. And a lot of reasons for that is, yeah, you're writing from a struggle or you had all 15 years of your career before you became an overnight success to write this one record. Now you have a year yeah. to follow it up. And you're like, ah, uh, yeah i'm done
0: but see we didn't have that big hit on the first record but with
1: like hip-hop it happens a lot where you're writing about like i'm from the streets this is my struggle and now I, you're in a mansion now you're in a mansion you've got a yeah Do you and, like you, oh, know, I got you have a Rolls Royce problem yeah right. i got this horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that happens with everybody where you're if you're writing from the point of view of um jerry seinfeld used to say that don't write jokes for the money because the money will come if you're any good and right. then what are you going to write jokes for Yeah. And so you write because you love it or you love. And I hope that I still do that. I think I've been guilty of of thinking, having bottom line thinking creep in sometimes where you'll turn down a certain thing. Well, this isn't even worth my time. And then you realize, well, wait a minute, I'm an artist. This might be a good growth opportunity. I need to do this. I don't turn down much right now, John. No, I know. I I did.
0: I told you I turned down something this week. I don't know what it was going to pay. They said they'd pay. But they were wanted it like an overnight op-ed yeah. ghost for a thing, and I was just like, I, I was exa- I was still struggling to get my energy back. I was like, look, unless it John pays, doesn't even leave
1: his driveway for less than ten grand at <laughs> <to> this point.
0: <laughs> Not true. I was like, if you find out the prices are hugely high or whatever, yeah. they can't find anybody else. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm exhausted. So, but um, I think in the band days, the, the key to me now, even when we play acoustic, well, we'll play acoustic this week, okay. The key for me is the click track in my ear.
1: Yeah. Like
0: I, and we hated, we, we have all these funny stories about the metronome. uh uh-huh. We tried our first studio experience. <laughs> so, like, playing to a metronome, everybody, we call that click track, is not like just something, especially for drummers, that you just do. Right. Like, you've got to practice that. And you got to get used to having that alternate sound in your head, or in your headphones, that you know you so you're still trying to remember the stops and when it get low when it get high and so um our first drummer wasn't click track ready like he just not ever done it yeah but in the studio they wanted him to do it because it needs to be you know perfect and so it was it was
1: yeah it's hard it was and comical, it would have been hard for all of us too
0: but he acted like he could do it yeah he, we, we did it one time without the click track and he's like guys watch Look, I'm going to... Oh, and he's I'm, tapping his and finger he started tapping the... his finger saying, I'm the metronome now. Let's see how close to the recording it stays. Which, guys, that's a complete...
1: Yeah, because you're speeding it up right. and slowing it down when you hear the beat. Right. On that, your own, after the fact.
0: That's like saying, I'm going to watch that car, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how fast it's going. Now, you go get the radar gun. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you
1: really don't... And isn't that just like our lives? Oh,
0: my goodness, guys. And that's, we that's think the that show. We're,
1: we think that we're the standard, oh. but really...
0: And we're now telling the radar gun it's wrong. Oh. Because we know how fast things are going. Don't you? Guys, I want you to stretch your hands towards your radio right now.
1: Take okay. out your radar guns at home if you have them. <laughs> Put them in this pile. We're going to burn them. Everybody's thoughtful and funny and has a radar gun. We know <sighs> that.
0: Isn't it, man? I tell you, our, we have our fingers on the pulse. My
1: buddy lived in Florida for a while, and he got a ticket, and he decided to contest it. You know, sometimes people just go, oh, sign the thing, and they go, you can contest this, but you don't show up because right. nobody has a day to kill. And you're, you're guilty. But he was—he was like, I don't think I was really speeding. So he goes to court, and you know, if you go to court and the officer—you didn't. This is a little hack for you. They don't people show who break up, the law. They If they don't show it. up, they drop it. They have to drop it. So mm. a lot of times the officers won't show up anyway. But sometimes this—the guy was there, and it ended up going like one other court case deeper, like because wow. they carried it over. Because basically he was saying this radar gun was faulty, and so the guy in front of him evidently was contesting his two and i same seen, cop yeah the same cop okay. and so I think they went outside and shot the radar gun and clocked a palm tree going forty five <laughs> and then they realized maybe we got an issue here wow. so something was wrong the calibration of the gun and so it was clocking like stationary objects
0: <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if quotas are true or not yeah. for cops you know but if so that guy just right. lost a lot of money yeah he <laughs> it's did. like every
1: in a lot of credibility <laughs>
0: you're our top you're our top i don't know I don't know if that, I know there's like all these, all the, the lore. About yeah, people not- and
1: of course, uh, police officers are very sensitive about that stuff when you say there's quotas yeah. or whatever, but sometimes they'll tell you, no, there's, if you don't write any tickets for a month, right. it's going to be a red flag on you. Like, what are you even doing out there?
0: Right.
1: But they'll deny that there's quotas. But then some people are like, yeah, wink, wink. Right. Don't speed on the 29th. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. He's not have a CDL. And so, did you know for a CDL you have to
1: keep? I like how you, that's how you started You don't have this thing that I have.
0: Johnny, let me tell you another reason why I'm better than you.
1: Okay. Uh, I have that's a CDL. A, that's how I wanted you to yeah, start it. is that
0: better? CDL uh, is what? A commercial Commercial driver's,
1: driver's license. license. Okay. Yeah. I not know what the C
0: stood You put a click track in your head.
1: Okay. Uh, you don't have motorcycle certification, and I do, though. You do? Yeah. To have my scooter, I have to have it. I have really? To, yeah, I have to take a separate test. So, this and all is going to go back to whether that the scooter really counts as. Well, it definitely does. In fact, I've had people want to borrow my scooter to take their test because the motorcycle, they're all nervous about shifting gears. Uh-huh. So you can just go down to the stoplight, turn around, and it, with it just twist so and they go, they wanted it's like an amateur motorcycle. They, <laughs> they wanted the automatic like, what, feature.
0: I want to go take this test with something that won't be taken seriously, so this will be easier. Yes. What, I want them what they to look saying. down on me
1: from the get-go right. and be like, well, this is clearly a toy. So here's we, your little here's sticker. Here's your license, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you got the CDL and I don't.
0: Did you know that the CDL requires you to take a
1: physical every
0: year? No. So I was on a call today, or on a uh, Slack messaging huh. thing with a project I'm on, and one of the other people had CDL. She was like, "But it expired because I forgot to get my medical card." And I had this moment of panic, right? Like, when was the last time? And I I pulled out my wallet real fast, and I, I have till August. So apparently, I'd already done it, but yeah. Yeah, could you imagine? Because it, it's hard to get your CDL. That's
1: really crazy. Yeah, it makes sense though because you have other lives in your. So they don't want you just like stroking out. Right. If you're at risk for some physical issue, they want you to. They want to know because you have 65 people behind you or whatever. But, but it's
0: a specific thing that my yeah. doctor doesn't do now because, of course, everything's about insurance. Their insurance, whoever I forget what it was, their liability. I guess at the place they don't do yeah. CDL physicals. So I have to. Oh, like, is it
1: literally a specific kind of yes, physical? Okay. It,
0: well, it's a specific card from the state of Tennessee or yeah. whatever. But it's like, guys, is it so really that? So your insurance
1: that? doesn't cover it. So you just pay for out of pocket, or it's they just don't bucks do it? Or whatever. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. So but, yeah, but you I, got
1: that in your couch cushions.
0: <laughs> so I, I haven't talked about this. I don't know if I should. I don't know. I'm self pay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're a meta share or something. I have
0: a I have a uh, Christian ministry sharing thing, and the deal is you get this huge discount. And you say you're yourself pay.
1: Not a sponsor though.
0: No, but they could be. But anything over five hundred dollars, if it ever gets above that, is is one hundred percent covered. Right. But I haven't had anything in two years so far that was over five hundred
1: dollars. Because the picture of hell.
0: Well, look at me. Yes. Yeah, I mean, besides the shingles and the crippling anxiety, <laughs> uh, great. No, but it's a... Uh, so yeah, I usually just I just I'm telling you, having insurance all those years. Obviously, I have this other thing for catastrophic reasons, but so far... Yeah. Now, now, I do have friends who have this, and they have turned in. It takes you about two, three months, so you need to have like an HSA or some way to pay oh, for to it. to
1: float while you do and it. And then they yeah. pay
0: you back. It's a reimbursement thing. Yeah. But they said they got it back in like two months. They had a surgery or whatever, and it was completely covered. Huh. No problems at all. Just turn in the receipts for the thing and wait. So Look at that. It's, um, yeah, well, so far, I'm a fan of that. But the amount of money it caught, that I paid out of my paychecks and yeah. other things to have insurance and mm-hmm. then also have a copay and mm-hmm. then also have a deductible. And then like, and no, also with the old way with yeah, the old way of doing it so yeah. much money. So anyway, uh, yeah,
1: insurance is a big racket. It's like, a I don't want to say it's fear based, but it definitely clicks. It checks a box of like safety. Cause you feel like, all right, well, if worse comes to worse. And if I don't have this, what a sure. moron would I be if I, something does happen. So you, uh, you have to have it, but, some people can't afford it, but I mean, we have like the we have such high deductible. Kerr and I both have these high deductible plans. They're like ten thousand each wow. or whatever before you get into the meat of the. So it's catastrophic, you know, catastrophic, catastrophic or Uh Catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> I want this catastrophe. Uh, for that's where you crashed the car. You hunting? I'm hunting cats. No. Uh, so yeah. So it's yeah. Insurance is a bracket. I feel like, but Ooh, yeah, especially when you think stadium. about how much like people pay in versus like them harassing you to pay you back. I just feel like my, my
0: a, only issue with insurance. She yeah, has that
1: obviously some people just get denied instantly, it, you, no matter what. Well, You're it's like, a policy for yeah. a
0: lot, especially yeah. like, you know, we know Andrew's house and all that stuff. And he had oh, what big a disaster issue that was for a year. He's he just now starting
1: the rebuild process. Correct. from A year ago. Took a year tornadoes. For them to do.
0: It's the thing It's like, Hey, the one time I need you yeah, that yeah. I've been paying you to do this job, but their policies often are
1: to either deny your first claim, or to frustrate you with a low ball offer that they help right. you take and then low ball, low ball, low ball until yeah. you with their There's they books wear you written down. on it.
0: Like it's a thing, you yeah. know, because the amount of time they wait. And even
1: if they, he told me this, there's one book written by Warren Buffett that talks about that even if they know they're going to end up paying you, every day they can delay it is money in their bank account gaining interest. If a trillion
0: dollars is sit there and just made another million dollars that day. Yeah.
1: Right. So they know that by delaying it, the inevitable payment that they're going to give you, they can still make money while they delay it. It's so horrible. And lots of people will not go through the trouble and the hassle
0: and will take the low offer because it's still a lot of money. Yeah. And so that's the other thing. For every one they pay more than they're supposed to, 20 just said, you know what, it's not worth it.
1: Or they just want to, like for Andrew, he just wanted to start the rebuild. And he's like, my wife's been in an apartment. I got to get this started. So, but he didn't back down. He didn't. He, he he stuck it to the man. He did. He was like the Aaron Brockovich of yeah. pastors. He's uh, It's uh, stick it to demoniosis. Remember uh, School of Rock when he says all the kids are sick? He's trying to get them in the... Sticky. Stick it to demoniosis. They all have... Uh, what is the disease that they're dying? Stick it to demoniosis. And then he goes, I've never heard of that. And he goes, Well, we're lucky because it's hell. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines of that Black. movie. That movie's so perfect. Oh, yeah. I love we Well, are lucky because it's hell. <laughs>
0: I still watch Nacho
1: Libre. Oh, it's so society. good. It's... What a fun, like, innocent yes. movie.
0: There's nothing in it that you can't. Yeah,
1: it's just silly and yeah. it's great.
0: Yeah. And, like, he gets the girl, but you're not sure he really does because she's a nun,
1: number yeah.
0: one. In the end, it's just like she gives that cheesy thumbs up to him. <laughs> like there's no kiss. There's no nothing. It's just so perfect. Like It's so unbelievable, and yet yeah. it's
1: so believable. And yet we all know a guy who became a wrestler to
0: impress a nun. Yeah. yeah.
1: We all f- been They're
0: there. Beat their own. What was Some the of guy's the name? Of,
1: sometimes you're the wrestler. Sometimes you're the nun, John.
0: Oh, my goodness. What was the guy's name? What was the villain?
1: Uh, oh, uh,
0: oh, shoot. Uh, hold on. Uh Ramsey's Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I came to it because I was I had to hear Jack Black say it. <laughs> Ramsays, would you would you sign uh a signature for the orphans? And he throws them to the ground or whatever, you know. Anyway, I, there is one line there I can't quote on oh, the podcast. Yeah, sure. That guy's a real and he's <laughs> but the way he says it in the accent. Guys
1: have Accents a, help. You can't it doesn't count if it's in an accent. For, for really some knows. people,
0: Johnny, illiteracy is a Ramsey's. <sighs> for others, it's uh
1: <laughs> shyness for us
0: was it shyness is that what he said yeah, shyness is now our we're, el, now we're switching shyness over to three our el
1: guapo <laughs> for us it's the actual guapo a big angry mexican who wants to kill us
0: another great movie uh, oh my goodness oh, i man. saw that
1: in the theater that's Did how old really? i am yeah but like uh, a couple of buddies from junior high and my brother and like two other people and we were the only ones laughing. Like, everybody else was no. just like, what is this? It was one of those moments where you're Cause like... Because it bombed. Oh, yeah. It was a huge bomb. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, people just didn't get it. But now it's, it's endured. It's this... Oh, yeah. I feel like even this generation... Like, I've talked to people who are, you know, in their 20s and 30s, and they go, oh, I love... And am like, really? You love that movie? It's really yeah. interesting. What well, movies cross over... Yeah. And become, like, generationally good. They're
0: playing a lot of 80s, 80s movies right now just on television... And I'll sit and watch, like they played Ferris Bueller comes yeah. all the time now. And I watched, I don't know, I was sick or something the other day and watched a bunch of it. Ferris Bueller's
1: still great. I think it still holds up. It's interesting, like when a movie bombs and then becomes like this institution, yeah. like Wizard of Oz is the probably the most famous one in our culture that was like a huge bomb. And now they show it all the time. And,
0: uh. Okay. I thought Wizard of Oz did well. It no, still? no. It, was it a won huge... Academy Award. I thought.
1: I don't know. I just know, like, at the box office, look it up, but I think it was oh, a huge there's, bomb. There's
0: no way
1: to know. And uh, Ellen DeGeneres Ellen DeGener- used to have a bit about that. She would say, like, what if that's true of movies that, we're, that are bombing now? Like, what if, you know, Rambo 3 was actually good, and they show it every Easter? Like, we don't, we don't know <laughs> what's going to be that movie for the next generation.
0: Uh, it won Best Picture, 1940, Best Original Score, Best Cinematography, but Best what about Visual bo- Effect. But it saying, won five Oscars. What about the
1: box office, though? I think it was a box office bomb. Um.
0: Yeah, I think you may be mistaking this for something else. I don't know. I don't know like it's a wonderful life. I don't know. It's, uh, did it?
1: Did it's a wonderful life not do well?
0: I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what you're referring to. Uh, box office. She's going to tell me what it's made so far up to now. Oh no! Just no, twenty nine point seven million.
1: Well, that's not that great, John.
0: That can't be right.
1: Twenty nine million.
0: That can't be right. But
1: that may be like a billion dollars in today's money when they Although do that. Although it know.
0: was re-released domestically in 1955,
1: yeah. So I wonder why. Because now we knew it was good. I yeah. think when it originally came out, people were like, hey. "Okay, here it is." Wizard of Oz initially underperformed at the box office.
0: they are engrossing roughly. Th- well, it was 1939, bros. This is okay. at the very end of the depression. Give well, it
1: a- but I mean, underperformed by that standard, though. Even yeah. Uh, dude, its critical success,
0: MGM re-released right. it so the critics loved it. It, it, it and it eventually became profitable. Did I just say, when did I say the Oscars were yeah. yeah, it won all these Oscars. So now people are like, no, so was, we,
1: it showed them. It's like cultural elites said, this is good. And you're like, and then everybody else was like, maybe it's good. Dude,
0: that's just like the avid endorsement book.
1: Yeah, that's what's going to happen.
0: Like, you know what I'm saying? All you guys listening uh-huh. haven't bought it, per se.
1: Right. But it won a bunch of awards. It's won awards. So now you're like, maybe I was an idiot. 10 years from now. Yeah. We should re-release it.
0: Someone did the other day. They said, oh my gosh, Endorsement was such a great book and it's such a perfect time. Oh my gosh.
1: Because they, of You, kind of, were, the you pandemic. kind of were thinking like, this is it, right? It when could Nova have been hits, it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did. I was like, it turns out when I talked to the publicists and they went and pitched it, I don't like-
1: They thought turns it was going to be too opportunistic or something? No.
0: No, they thought it was the perfect time too. Oh. But, like, all of the major uh, media outlets were not real interested in telling jokes while people were dying. And oh, that, that made sense. When they told me, I was like, you know what? That makes yeah, sense. that does make sense. I can get it. People. So then towards the end, I was like, okay, it's getting better. News is better. Maybe people are ready to laugh, you know? And they went, and they're like, nope, they're still not. Now there's an election. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at every turn.
1: But people love laughing during the election. Oh, actually, uh, but after the election, <laughs> things will get better. No,
0: not really. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I really thought after. <laughs> yeah. Turns out we're just people who are not thinking and we're not funny. We're not
0: funny, we're thinking.
1: And <sighs> we don't have radar guns that work properly.
0: It's like I always say, my book was critically acclaimed and yeah. dismally sold. So it's uh, And That's okay. Well, hey, you're in good company, John. I can sleep at night. I mean, with meds. Well, and you wear the medals that you've. They <laughs> weigh me down. It was like one of those weighted Yeah, it's comforters. like a weighted blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all sleep under.
1: The, the weight, weight of oh, it's the weight the of accomplishments. your accomplishments. That's a thing. That's a sermon too, bro. Oh the weight of your success goodness. will weigh you down more than the and you your failures. Your failures don't weigh you down unless no. you you know think about them and wear them around. But your your successes. Wow. If you wear your successes around, it actually lowers you. Yeah. In God's eyes, right? I mean, because you're supposed your... to humble yourself that way. He can lift you up. So it's like if you wear your success. If you don't wear your success, then you can stand up straight. Yeah. Because you're not weighed down by your medals and your yeah. prizes. But if you choose to wear those so everybody sees them, they're going to weigh you down. You're going to have terrible posture like I do. <laughs> you
0: know, that reminds me, by the way,
1: when I wrote uh, that huge three-book
0: series, No Rivals.
1: Yeah. That
0: still is we've never, all We've all... Haven't we all? We all
1: have it. I've got a copy.
0: and Well, I never released that. No.
1: So, uh, no one has copies.
0: And But there was a thing I was in there. One of my little axiom takeaways was... Make a salad out of your laurels. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. This felt deep when you wrote it. Yeah. Make and, a salad. And I just remembered when you said that I actually don't rest
1: on your laurels.
0: Right. Get rid of them. You know. What I'm saying? Make a salad of them. Yeah. Eat, don't, don't sit back.
1: But don't rest on them. Eat your laurels. Enjoy. It wasn't literal, Johnny. Eat and then poop out. I don't know if you know this, but when you laurels. accomplish things in the modern age, no one actually sends you laurels. You know, when you eat your laurels, <laughs> roughage is a very like it's an expectorant. Effect, roughage. so it doesn't stay with you. Laurels would be roughage. You think so? So you, it wouldn't stay with you long. Do we even I'm know saying. laurels it's are a edible. greenery, right? Well, yeah. So I'm saying, like, it would go through you quick. So like, and that's what your accomplishments are supposed to be.
0: We were trying to tell in Sadie yesterday. Out, nobody
1: gets hurt. You don't wear it on your head, especially no. not after. That would oh, be, that'd be a mess.
0: We were trying to tell Sadie yesterday how the original Olympians—I don't know if this is true or not. Yeah, apparently ran naked and everything. Yeah, know?
1: that's in Greece, so when they yeah. won,
0: they gave them, I guess, a laurel crown, and they literally were wearing nothing but a laurel crown. Did they just All stand right. there. I don't know. They put their clothes back on after they ran.
1: I don't Where, know. Or was it just like naked everywhere? Was everybody naked? I don't think everybody. You put a toga was. on. I guess it's because you couldn't run in togas. Is that the well, thing? She was
0: asking about why is there so many naked statues and stuff, and we're talking right. about like the beauty of the human body that they were, that the artists were. Yeah. And then again in the Enlightenment age, what they did. It was an interesting, interesting conversation we were having. You know,
1: it but, is uncomfortable though when you're like in a park somewhere and you have to explain to your daughter like why is King David naked just there. Yeah, For everybody, or the
0: naked statues downtown Nashville. Do you ever go by those? Yeah, down there off of uh,
1: the yeah,
0: that's the Mumbrian, it's the, the,
1: the roundabout. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're dancing,
1: yeah, naked. Well, look, yeah, we've all been there. Olympians, they are, I suppose. maybe. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Make this I, I don't imagine that the uh, do you imagine like any records were set that still held up? Like, you need some gear.
0: I would think that's a very. Like, If you're
1: running barefoot, just just think about barefoot. Never mind the chafing. There's a guy that was barefoot on my
0: road. Okay. Yeah, completely by. barefoot. Yes. Like he, like he... in the summer, hot asphalt. Yep.
1: Okay, and he has got no sensation in the bottom like of his he's feet, stra- and he's Camp.
0: straight up running. You can tell he runs a long. But he's not way. running in,
1: like the barefoot shoes, the Vibrams no. or something, because those all went out. Right. Totally they determined barefoot. those were causing injuries and things. I
0: still have a pair.
1: I think. Do you? Did I you think get into I threw it? them?
0: I think I gave him the goodwill. I could yeah. not find. I kept them for so long yeah, because they cost so much.
1: Right. And so you felt and like made, well, this, it has to work. They cost a lot. Right. They're made that's for a my feet, but
0: I can't. I was like, I'm never going to wear these. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, for social reasons. Yeah. We still wear them to the office. Remember that?
1: That Dude. thing of like, you're right. That's a, that's a very, I don't want to say it's American, but it's a very culturally uh, significant thing of like, we think if something costs a lot, it must be good or there's no way it would cost this much. I think I read an article about that. Sometimes it's counterintuitive. Like Consumer Reports did an article about Sub Zero uh, appliances. Uh-huh. They make these uh, refrigeration. They were one of the first stainless steel appliances. So it's like subs- You'd see them in every like really rich person's home. You see them on HDTV. It's a Sub Zero walk-in or Sub Zero freezer freezer fridge, and it's like they cost the most and they ha- also have the worst like repair records. They yeah. like they have the most claims against them where they just fail. So it's just very counterintuitive that, like, oh well, if I pay this much, it's going to be a great thing. But to your point, when you do buy something and it costs a lot of money, you hang on to it because you're like, I can't give up on this. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe my weird feet, yeah, are the issue. Right, and that's possible with you. I've seen your feet, but oh. but I think they've decided now that's like a that was like a wave of our culture. It was like shoes are the problem. You got this cushion. Okay, you're not supposed to run on cushion. Because Our your ancestors feet, didn't run that. Your way. feet need a firm, wood-like surface. You know, the closest you can get to barefoot. It's yeah. like people that sleep on a board because it's better for your back. Yeah. If you get a mattress that's too soft, you'll sleep forever. I, mean, I don't know what they think. <laughs> you'll never wake up. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what <it's> a- then? <laughs> what then? More productivity at work. Get out of here with that. <laughs> but no. So yeah. That the the idea was that like. You'd see people wearing these and they would swear by them, but I just it went away, so obviously It didn't work. I read a couple of articles that said that there was a lot of linkage to injuries and you know, just you know, tear people tearing their plantar fascia.
0: See, I always wonder if fads that go away, we assume it's because they didn't work. But yeah. there are some fads like dude, I'm telling you, the food that built America on History Channel, unbelievable. Uh-huh. And they did a whole thing on Stofers versus Swanson.
1: Oh boy. And that was a bitter blood feud. The advent of
0: frozen food, mm-hmm. as because you didn't have freezers up until in most American households,
1: yeah, you you know, the ice box with the block of ice you had to go get the market, right? And
0: then suddenly, by like the end of the forties, like ninety percent of American households has a has a freezer, mm-hmm. and so it was Swanson who figured out what what had happened was, so his dad died. He takes over this big turkey company.
1: He put basically. him in the freezer.
0: And he that was said, the deal. Hang on. They could freeze things, but he thought they would sell turkey out of out of holiday season and put everyone else out of business because yeah. they were the largest turkey sellers, but only, like, 70% of their income came between like right. November and December at the holidays. So he's like, well, we're going to sell them all year round. Go order 30,000 turkeys and we'll put everybody else out of business. Well, they didn't sell them. So they're like, well, you got you to... Gotta, we're going to go under. You got her, a lot of
1: turkeys on your hands. You know, figure
0: out what you're going to do. So he had to freeze the turkeys. They're like, but they won't last because they're freezer burned longer than like a year. You can't resell them next year. We have to do something. So he set like one of his food scientists out to figure out what to do with the turkeys. And they came up with a frozen meal plan where it was sliced turkeys. And then they had to experiment because all the food might, you know, there's no microwaves. You're putting it into the oven at that point. Yeah. And they came out with the TV dinner because now by the like you know, mid fifties, everybody has a television. And so that's why we still call it. It's like Kleenex,
1: right? still call it TV dinner, we still call it TV dinner,
0: even though it's not a TV dinner, you know, you know, it may not be a, maybe a Walmart brand tissue, yeah. but you still call it a Kleenex. So it became like the household thing. And well then Stouffer figured out he, number one thought it was horrible because it was, and Stouffer is like a gourmet chef. He spent all this time. He's been freezing dinners at his restaurants. I forget where he was, Cleveland, maybe for a long time and sending him home. So people liked his food so much they'd want to now order a call to order. And he thought that you just don't do that because yeah. I can't control the preparation. Right. It may not taste good. So he would figured out, though, he could sell these frozen dinners. He even had them boxed and everything. And so then the advent of the microwave, like a guy from a government defense contract shows up. They'd had microwaves for a bit. And he just walks in one day and says, Listen, you know, we're going into the private sector and we know you have these frozen meals. What if your frozen meals now could be sold nationally and people could make them? And it still took like five minutes in the first microwave. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like a 30 second or whatever, but, or 15 minutes, I think.
1: And so it just right. literally
0: took off, man. Um, it's a crazy, but my point is a bunch I of. It, 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 I don't
1: think it literally took for, off.
0: For, 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 yeah, no less. it's figuratively. And so. Um, <laughs> for like 10 years though yeah. he had frozen dinners and no one wanted them yeah. except locals and so what if that guy hadn't walked in one day So I, I just wonder maybe the Vibram shoes that we're yeah. talking about the issue is not that it's with the Vibrams maybe the issue is that culturally it just didn't hit again it's just like the endorsement book what if the issue is not that it's not well written or clever yeah. or exactly what we need for this moment in time what it, if it's just it just for randomly your hasn't,
1: book hurt my feet uh <laughs> And I'll never forgive you.
0: If you stick it in the freezer, it'll last a while, I have found. The yeah. book. The book, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's I mean, put it in plastic. You reheat it, yeah. read, read some more. Maybe some of y'all just need to pull it out of the freezer and give it another go. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all have been freezing the truth for so long. And Johnny, you got to thaw it
1: out. You've got you to bring it out. you got to peel back the corner of it to vent. Out of the freezer? As, as it were. Oh, no, when you're you it in the microwave. It. Okay, yeah. You
0: cut a slit... In the truth, oh my goodness! Some of y'all have been cutting too many slits in
1: the truth. Wait. <laughs> I, don't no I don't
0: think I ever say some of y'all as a preacher ever.
1: Some of y'all out here. Listen,
0: some of y'all right now showed up today. Remember that one? That going... My
1: Bible says. Like you have a different Bible. <laughs> some other guys like
0: uh, I have the ESV. I don't have that Bible. My Bible. Does not say. Did that. you write
1: that in the margins? Because my Bible doesn't have that.
0: Interestingly enough, by the way, you know I'm kind of an ESV guy but this last book that I that I wrote um, extra
1: extra sensory version that'd be english standard version okay. yeah
0: uh i i've never been like an niv guy yeah but i didn't realize niv is, is a little more forward thinking on translating the words to not just a male pronoun because okay. in the culture it's not like they're doing this out of political correctness but like legitimately when it says dear brothers love one another brother yeah. know, it's not just referring to brothers, I think the word. Oh, oh, if I can remember the Greek word right now,
1: "quantinia." No. Oh my goodness! Dear, it's been a
0: long time since I've heard this word. Hold on. Ah, uh, I'm not going to get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the it's the brain fog from the shingles. Oh. Uh. It has to do with humanity or whatever. Oh, it'd be so satisfying
1: to no, have that word. You'll get it towards the it's end. It's like a sneeze. You'll just shout it out. It's like a
0: brain sneeze that uh-huh. I can't get there. So I'm sorry, guys, but I know a Greek word. Somebody's
1: going to Google it as per- they listen personas. and just shout it at the persona. Well, I
0: could just stop recording and go find it and act no. like that I knew it, but that wouldn't be authentic to what's really happening. <laughs> we true. do that occasionally. Yeah. I cut out a whole thing, five minutes of me trying to think of something last week. <laughs> that's right <laughs> you guys never knew a thing and never will wait um but it's interesting that it, it like for the topics you're writing on it it was way more inclusive to the original version that he yeah. wasn't just writing you know just to dudes and so it's interesting to me what do you read what's your version
1: hey dudes uh i've got a holman christian standard so you go straight up that's the southern baptist bible you know that right i just that's just what i have uh, uh i don't know and I've had, I've I'm had an not, ESV. An ESV. I read the message sometimes.
0: Oh, huh? yeah, I, f- I figured you were an NLT
1: guy. And when I, I, think I have an NLT as well. I think when I, you know, I make fun of the message sometimes for being yeah. like so, so much of a paraphrase, but, um, sometimes you'll read a passage that you've read a million times and you read it in the message and it's really like, it, it's such a cool, like way to say it. Yeah. And that becomes your favorite, more memorable way. Like I'm speaking on Sunday at uh, your brother-in-law's church. So I'll do comedy uh, and then I'll kind of weave in like a little message as well as yeah. I do on Sunday morning sometimes. And I'll use uh, Isaiah 58, but I use the message version. I just like the way, I think I was at a, uh, a retreat that I had college retreat or something and somebody read Isaiah 58 for the message and it really impacted me and uh, the way that it was written and just the language of it and... Even though I know it's not a literal translation um there's something about it, and it just became more alive to me and so when I use that particular scripture, I always use it from there, even if I've made jokes about the message throughout my show <laughs> which feels kind of a funny reversal, but yeah. which I usually comment on. I know this is from the message and I know I just you know tore down the message but but yeah, I don't know I think um I think. This idea of different translations, some being, like we were raised to believe like some translations were more dangerous than others. Like some just, they just took complete liberties and it's dangerous to own this, you know. See, I was never raised that way. I think, uh, I think it's almost like a gym, you know, the best gym is the one you'll go to. Yeah. You know? So the best diet is the one that you'll stick to. Yeah. So I think if you find a translation of the Bible that, that you like and. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want to like have one that's just totally, you know, Bob's translation is just some guy that made it up. But if somebody's done literal theological work and they've done right. the linguistic work that Eugene Peterson did for the message, for instance, like he really, really did a lot of work. I mean, he got attacked a lot too. But I'm saying, like, if you know his, like, his legacy is pretty great now. I mean, he just had a book written about him that's I really I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I, it's really interesting. Cause he passed last year. Was it last year? Two years ago. Uh, it
0: was last year. I think.
1: Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you just think about all the work that he did to put this in kind of what he considered like the street language of the day because he felt like the original Gospels were well, he, wrote it for, he wrote it for his children. Yeah. yeah. So I like that idea. And so uh, even though it takes a, a bad rap, I like the message translation. Now, would I Now If I was a pastor on staff somewhere, would I prepare all my messages from it? Probably not. But again, that's not my role. That's never my role. Yeah. So I'm kind of this weird third eye guy anyway, when I come into a room, because I'm like, here's this thing that you've been thinking about. And here's my perspective on it as a comedian. So in that same way, when I use scripture, I'm trying to give them another third eye kind of a view that maybe they haven't. So the message kind of helps me in that way. So I like that.
0: You're bringing out other parts of the prism. Yeah. The same prism, same light. Right. Just refracting it differently. Oh, possibly. my goodness. That, Here yeah. we go. No, and I think that that's always my thing. I just want people like, so my dad, you said people, which we were, were raised fairly, um, I'd say, I don't want to say fundamentalist. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I knew Jesus or King James only people yeah. kind of thing. But my dad was not one of them. So dad was a huge original Living Bible
1: fan. Okay, yeah.
0: And because he Which went, was like
1: the first like big paraphrase that became yes, a lot of popularity. First paraphrase
0: yeah. in like the seventies that came out. I still remember in fact I still have one of his, I think, but I remember the big remember the big green. Uh-huh. It was like a hunter green uh-huh.
1: um had uh, one of those leather,
0: you know, and it had that I can't even it had like a clover, mm-hmm. like I'm sure it was like a Trinity type symbol on it. The Living Bible. Was, was a
1: four leaf f- clover, which I thought was odd. I was like, yeah, what is this, this about? A, <laughs> not the Trinity. trinity.
0: <laughs> um, and it, 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 uh, dad just felt because, again, dad worked in education. Mm. And and our church was very, it was made up of a lot of people in poverty and a lot of people who, who hadn't gone to college and other things who, they weren't just sitting around reading a lot in their normal life. They were working too hard. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They just, it was, it was, you know, dad had a real heart for just like normal people. And so he really felt that this was a more accessible, like to your point, God's word's important for you to get. We keep telling all of you, read your Bible, and we send you home with something that sounds completely foreign to you.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and that's not accomplishing that goal. And then you're shamed. We, we're like shaming right. people because yeah. you're not ready to read, you know, yeah. 18th century, which would be, the, you know, obviously 1611. but. We've read before on the podcast. You can go back and look. I have a 1611 King James. We, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so foreign, Most mostly because of the revisions. I, the, the Whatever King James Version you're reading now has been revised over 1,500 times just because of Old English versus New English. Like, yeah. Again, Congress used to be spelled C-O-N-G-R-E-F-S. So, you know what I'm saying? Like double S's and F's. I mean, they even use different letters. Right. I don't – I think they said Congress, but it was a lot of strange um, – rules in the english language and so dad always felt that, that was a real key of course then when the new living translation came out which is an actual translation and i think for me it's always been i want people to just know what it is
1: mm-hmm. so if oh so if you're using a text you say this is from this translation you're not trying to like
0: yeah i'm not sure if non- you're
1: using a paraphrase you you tell the audience
0: andrew doesn't like when i do that we stop doing that as much you know because it's almost like well why are we even why were we
1: yeah almost like you're diminishing it right
0: why are we giving a caveat for something that we think is valuable enough to use either yeah. we don't use it or use it right but i'm the educator so i'm always thinking like yeah i just want them to know this is not like translating word for word what right. paul said in the original you this know, is language. actually
1: part of a scripture and then a lyric from a toby keith song
0: right but
1: <laughs> i feel like this is valid it's
0: valid it has <laughs> yeah and i do think that's what bugs me there are some parts of the message i'll go that's beautiful yeah uh-huh. i don't think that that's As as accurate to the original, it it could be more, and maybe. And to your point, I think that's why it's good to read. As long as you combine it with, Mm -hmm. like, I want to know what the other was. If that's the only rendition of that scripture I ever hear, then to me there could be problems there because you know theology is built upon words. So um, the word, Johnny, if you will, capital W. Sure, Mm. sure. So. I don't know, but I'm but I'm with you. I think it's great. I, I need um
1: well, like words are what I do, or like taking something that you've thought of in everyday situation, or something that just becomes kind of a rote thing. Uh, uh, there's a comedian that I, that did a, like a TED Talk type thing one time, and he talked about how our the blessing of our life is that we look at things that everybody thinks are normal. And we go, why do we even like, if you see somebody shaking hands, you're like, okay, why do we do that? Right. Like now in the pandemic, we're all like, we all used to just hug and (laughs) shake hands with strangers. And then you just like sit down with them. you not watched like no one. It's a wonder a virus hasn't got us yet. Right. But like a comedian's job is to go, this is another way to look at this or to be suspicious and not skeptical, but give it a third eye. And so I think in that same way, I'm drawn to like someone who says, well, here's a scripture you've heard a million times. Like let's take first Corinthians 13, love, love chapter of the Bible. We've all heard it. Love is patient. Love is kind. But when you read it in the message translation, I already know what the original and to your, to your point, I already know what the original says. So when I read this other paraphrase version or a new like street language version of it, uh, it, it becomes more alive to me. Sure. Because I knew the other. Because it's
0: building on something. Yeah. 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 I have a whole. I'm actually talking with the editor right now about this concept. And I think we may have set the podcast some before. But I think foundations are super important. And that sounds very cliche. And everybody would agree with that. But I think foundations are something you're not aware of often because they're given to you before you are choosing them mm-hmm. in, in all ideologies, in all areas. So, I mean, there's like, you know, you, you don't. I don't know how my dad choosing to use the living Bible as a kid, how that affects me. You know, I see more of it now, but it caused me to never feel shame that, it, you know, I, yeah. King James sounded Or discard someone
1: because they had a different translation right. of the Bible than you or whatever. Something and, like uh, that way.
0: Now, oddly, my rebellion was probably – what's so funny is I grew up reading the living Bible, and then when I was 12 – this is a very nerdy story – we had a guy at our church that, that would go pick up uh, – excess bibles from Thomas Nelson where they would mess up the covers Oh, okay and I would our church is like a maze you
1: mess up the covers like they would, like I said, Holly Bible on it or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be a, a, a crease, something messed up. It would oh, be a yeah. crease in the leather, a little bit off in the print. And at one point, like they were making Salvation Army Bibles, and the stamp didn't work the first time, so there yeah. was two or three like extra stamps on it because they were trying to get it right on this one. So they don't instead of throwing that Bible away, they'd give them away, you know, to churches. And this guy would go get them. And I found a box of Bibles. I would I would crawl through the maze underneath the stage and stuff because I was a kid just playing everywhere, playing in the ceiling, playing everywhere. I crawled through and I found this bible. Yeah. This I still have it. I think mean, it's over here. This this big New King James mm-hmm. uh Spirit-filled Life Bible and all this stuff, you know. And that's really the bible where I came alive to scripture and it's a bible where I memorized a lot of things. And I was doing bible quiz and other stuff as well. But it's so funny my dad and I were even though the the Living Bible got me through childhood a little bit up to that point where I was interested. And then I I liked this to your point. It was exactly the same thing happened to you, but differently. <clears throat> I was just nerdy enough. I think I liked, I liked the flowery language. Yeah. I wanted to know what propitiation meant. You know, I wanted to know, I, I instead of saying make room, I liked it that it said make provision, you know, like uh-huh. it was just the way I was made a little bit. So it, I knew the, I knew the living probably first.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and even then like dad would quote the, the love chapter from the living Bible. And then in, for me i would quote it from the new king james because that was what you know so just a very interesting way but um and then to think you know i'll have the honor to get to know someone's guys. i've told that story before to thomas nelson salespeople and stuff like just so you know when i was a kid in nashville i mean one right. of your bibles like blew up my world in a good way you know i just discovered and it was like my little hidden. And then they show you, know. you the
1: guy who had the stamp that used it wrong and they're like yeah we fired that guy <laughs> That was Bob. He's gone. Bob doesn't work here anymore.
0: We don't tolerate mistakes <laughs> in this dojo. Anyway, it's such a weird. Yeah. we i not trying to be merciful in this Bible factory.
1: Wait, we sort of do.
0: But it's it's just an interesting. It's an interesting way. I do think that l- the layers of that foundation. I'm I'm talking about specifically within Christianity. What I'm really studying right now is what part of Christianity or Christian adjacent. That'd be a better way. Of things. What what Christian or Christian-adjacent things that really awaken you to action or to passion I think really, really matter because I believe whatever awakens you is what you have to keep having to stay awake. Um, and so for me, when you deal with, say, conspiracy, there's a lot of Christians who are more active today from a conspiracy political mm-hmm. viewpoint than they ever were before there was a contested election – or QAnon or a lot of other things that sort of sparked their intellectual, I guess, engagement on a different level. So now they weren't saying anything in 2006 per se, and now they're just sounding off daily and it's got scripture verses and other things. They consider it a part of their faith, Mm -hmm. like the thing that they need to do. For me, tracing back foundations, as we try to do, which a lot of deconstruction, you know, on our show and our lives and our conversations, you know, that's okay. But a lot of that for me is about evaluating what it is that brought me to life from a evangelical, even charismatic perspective. Lots of people seem to come to life through manifestations of spirit things and then through quantification of church success. And so I can remember being at camp you and I both remember this in, in Pentecostal style camps where at the end of the week, there's a count Yeah, and the count was always oh, how many people got saved and you had to go count for your church and they would give a big number at the end. Mm-hmm. How many people were filled with the Holy spirit? That was a big count. And I always remember even back then as a kid and then as a camp counselor, which I always had struggles with some of the theological things I think, but I, you know, I, I was on on board for, Again, what, what are you going to do? It's your foundation. You're, 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 yeah. It's not like I, I chose that. It wasn't forced on me. It's just, you know, okay, I'm exploring it from this perspective. Yeah. Um, and I remember always thinking how interesting it was to me that the people in the camp cheered louder for the Holy Spirit numbers than they did for the salvations. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. They come alive like it was a dang football game when they said how many people had in a, a, some sort of spirit encounter. Uh, and the salvations were just kind of like, okay. And I remember going – again, that's a that's a very anecdotal, non-research-based – it you know, that doesn't mean anything. I get it. I just think it's another piece of evidence for me that, okay, I think that, I think that matters a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that what awakens you or what excites you in the faith matters. And I want to look in my own life at um, – it's so funny. I had a conversation with an elder from another church yesterday. You know, we were talking about that, you know, the, 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 I guess, m- modicum, am I saying that right?
1: Hmm? Modicum? Wait, modicum, modus modicum, modicum, om- I don't know where you're going.
0: The standards yeah. of success in ministry even are, it'd be easy to hang your hat on. It's not easy for me because I don't have any of them. As a pastor, except longevity. (laughs) That's all I have to hang my hat on. If you want to quantify something, I used to be able to quantify more, but that's been taken away from me. I don't have a big church or a big, you know, um, platform in that respect. And there is a certain freedom to it though, because I have to really evaluate what it is. I believe I I can't, I, I don't want to just hang out to maintain status quo. I'm always trying to improve status quo. Some people, when status quo is good, it's like, well, what is again? Not just awakening you. What is sustaining you in it? And so, in some ways, scarcity—it's um, a little bit like fasting. Yeah, you know, fasting is a healthy thing for you. There, you know, intermittent fasting, whatever. Simply because having the same thing all the time in large quantities, which is what society's entire goal—if you even take away currency and go back to just what was the right. whole point—is so you you could, mindset, you could yeah. feed your family well, right? Yeah. And feeding your family well at all meals from all types of food from all around the world with no end and, and no limit on quantity actually does not end with the game that you started with, that, that it doesn't take you to a place of health. It takes yeah. you to a place of excess that can be unhealthy. And so I think it's a very similar like evaluating, hey – and I think people who are raised in poverty who then are not in poverty later in life often have overconsumption type patterns because mm-hmm. they came from a scarcity place. And so they're still trying to overcom not overcompensate, they're trying to make up for that lack. Oh, yeah, and
1: you see it too with like uh, people who have a really sheltered upbringing and then they go to college and go crazy. Right. Because they felt like I'm not- the chains are off, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and the overcorrection of that mm-hmm.
0: says, well, what awakened you? You know, what, 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 what brought you to life? And so I'm, I'm really, that's just a, a a road I'm going down. Like I would say to my friends, Hey, if you're more excited about Christianity right now, during the conspiracy theory days, you know, yeah. there's a danger to that. And I would say to myself, if I'm more excited whenever I have a thousand people in the room than I am when I have a hundred to an unhealthy level of equating my success with it yeah. or equating my value with it, then I have a problem. With what is sustaining me in it. Um, I I think I said this before, but when I'm low or struggling because I'm waiting on resolution to a problem, something I always pray Jesus, I would like to be resolved with you in peace before this outcome comes. Mm -hmm. Like the worst thing in the world for me is getting a phone call that changes the outcome of my. Soul's disposition, because that tells me that I, there shouldn't have been a call that sustained my soul today. I've, God's really dealt with me a lot of that uh, over the years. If you're a basket case because this call hasn't happened, and the next minute you're great, mm-hmm. then what am I here for? You know, like what are you you're saying something to people about what really sustains you? Yeah, <laughs> but what awakens you or brings you back? Even it, it matters. So if you can't be okay in yourself. In the moment of, and I'm not talking about moments of, even in extreme crisis, we see people have extreme peace, and it, it, it's it, it's a crazy when that happens. But I'm not talking like, hey, I just got horrible news about a family member, and I'm having a moment here. You know, I mean, like over sustained time in, in difficult situations, just daily difficult situations. I want to be the guy that's not awakened by the phone call from the publisher or the the email that came back from the church member that I found out they're not mad at me or whatever. Yeah. Like, I need. I want to be okay before the outcome because I'm already okay in Christ. And it's always better. Like if I've already resolved, it's like, well, whatever happens, happens. And I know who I am in Jesus and I know that I'm valued. And then when the good news comes, what well, I used to always, oh, you remember, this is also no rivals. Mm. Like either I can be entitled and think I deserve that email or deserve that phone call and that's my just deserts. Or I can be fulfilled and complete in Christ, and then when good things come, Johnny. Oh my gosh! It's just it's
1: dessert. It's just
0: dessert. It, it's it's the the icing had, on top. All right, I already right. had the meal. Now it's just dessert, as opposed to my oh, just boy. desserts. This is... Come on, people! Is this thing on? I make a salad. John, There's a lot of food yeah. metaphors See, yeah, in my yeah, you writing. Man,
1: like you, I told you you were a skinny fat person. <laughs> I, to, to your point, John, uh, and I want this to happen for you. So I hope your phone never rings. I hope no one calls. Thanks, Johnny. Listen, neither, one of, neither only, one of us will have work. Only a Night. real friend would be that.
0: <laughs> I hope that Jesus allows you to be complete in Him when you have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just 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 a way. Hey, you no, think, I agree. You think about our foundations. You know, yeah. What brings me to life? What makes me excited? What wakes me up? What, what gives me back my peace? I think those things matter. Like I'm on a I know, I'm on a journey, guys. Maybe you send me and Johnny some more topics on that point. Maybe you're just like, oh my gosh, John, we don't want to talk about that.
1: So. <laughs> That's a different podcast, but we don't want to talk about that.
0: <laughs> talk, I thought about if we rebranded, it could be, talk about what? Like yeah. you could have an exclamation point. Okay. Uh, or, sorry, a question mark. Sorry, I don't, I don't understand uh, punctuation, apparently. I made an exclamation or a question mark with my you know our
1: logo is talk and The T goes down to the that. So it's talk and then abouts in the middle. And then that is shared It's a shared T. And so I had a, I had a couple of friends who were like, I love your new hat podcast because it looks like it says talk about hat to them. <laughs> or
0: to about that talked uh, about hat that might be talked bit.
1: about that. It's either talked about talked about that or talk about hat.
0: We don't talked about that. Yeah, yeah, I said yesterday, I go, hey, i seen you over there. i uh, seen you. That's a real mm-hmm. – we don't say that a lot here. That's more like a West Virginia thing. But, uh,
1: I don't know. You're not one, a hat guy. West you Virginia, wear a ball cap and that's it.
0: I used to wear a ball cap every day until I cut my yeah. hair off, and now I'm just okay with my head. But
1: Guys, you would never be like a fedora guy.
0: Uh, no, I was not a fedora guy, but I was a um,
1: – you ever have a derby? Are you a derby
0: man? Are they called derbies? The, like, Where it's Irish... like the
1: same size all around. Like fedora's more elongated, right? Mine's like a... It flips up a little like bit. what would
0: you call it? It's like what all the guys in the 20s and 30s wore. Like a... like a. There's a name. Like a pork Again, pie, pork this pie is hat. The, this is the fog. I pork can't... Pork pie. I've never heard that
1: before. You You're telling me that...
0: Hat? The one that has a, like, clipped in the middle on the front. Oh, no, it, you're
1: thinking of, uh, what are those what called? I call that? Kangles. It's a Kangles, a brand no, you're name. You're just but... making
0: up words
1: right now. Oh, kangles, the brand because name. I, never... but...
0: I thought Kangles would happen when your ankles are real big and went all <laughs> in your foot. No, that's Kangles. No that's, kangles what... no, that's that, that sore that you get in your mouth. You know... that's no, a that's canker. a canker. Yeah. No, no, that's what happens no, that's when what your that's what uncle. Day. He died of canker. No, that's a... <laughs> guys we could go on forever but we won't because we're almost out of time and we appreciate uh, okay. you listening uh, make sure you send us your questions make sure you head over to our uh, website
1: talk about that yeah. all the episodes are archived you can mm. find our patreon there kick in oh. some shekels if you feel led. yeah even if you don't feel led.
0: Maybe We're you, leading you now. Yeah. Like the leading may not be from God. It's from us right now. That's okay. And that's okay. Uh,
1: in this instance.
0: Yeah. Just in this one place. We should not lead you elsewhere. So, yeah. but make sure that you leave a review uh, that you share. And if nothing else, man, tell a friend, <laughs> guys, tell a friend,
1: each one, reach one, mm, be one. Remember what The was best it? vitamin for a Christian. B one.
0: That's right. You know, I think I did one of those church slogans here for a while. Best
1: vitamin for disciples. B 12. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about Judas though? B uh, eleven. Gotcha. B
0: twelve shot. <laughs> I wait. can't wait. This no, <laughs> we're not. We're not making. We're not playing that joke out to its end. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> guys, thanks for listening. It uh, means a lot, and we'll look forward to doing it again next week. On talk about that.